Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here. Also got the boy Dixon with us. And we have the Rage Quit Wire contributor, uh, the Nick Westbrook, uh, joining us on the show as well. Got, uh, got some time that we could get all three of us together, which is probably my favorite threesome I've ever participated in, if I must say so myself. And <laughs> you haven't been to good ones. Talk- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been to some bad ones, let me tell you. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's funny. We're gonna we're gonna get into some Malifo. We're gonna talk about a couple things. First part, we're gonna end up actually talking about something Dixon and I have been doing, which I think is pretty common when you play Malifo specifically, is really kind of going back and forth in a keyword, kind of flushing it out, figuring which pieces you like, what you don't like, and how you're gonna essentially be successful with that keyword. Uh, so Dixon's been doing that with the Trixie keyword, and I've been doing that with the obliteration keyword. So we'll talk about that on the first half, and then on the second half of this. We're actually going to get into emissaries and effigies. We, uh, one thing I was talking with Dixon, we've done um, episodes on some keywords. We've done episodes on even the horsemen, um, the riders. So I figured this was a good time actually to talk about the emissaries and effigies because I know a lot of, especially newer players and even some seasoned players, don't really know good spots to drop them because even though every keyword can bring an effigy and an emissary, you don't always want to bring them. So we're going to kind of go through it and figure out when some good times to bring them and what some of our uh, favorite effigies and emissaries are and that's why we have three of us because uh, I think with probably all three of us combined we've probably played every faction so um, oh yeah yeah I own every faction at least yeah Nick owns everything that's for sure yeah (laughs) no including you wait hold on (laughs) my wife listens calm down wait Um, and but the good news is Nick's like ah, I'm never gonna play this keyword, and then he like sells it for cheap to somebody who's getting in the game. Usually, <laughs> usually, yeah. Good guy, Nick. I actually, dude, I actually just for some of the patrons, I got to send off the other two models. But uh, one of the patrons just got the Chi and Gong painted keyword that I I painted up, and like Nick, I was like I'm never gonna play Ten Thunders. Hey, patrons, who wants this beautiful crew? And I literally just sent it to a patron, just first come first serve. Um, did it also with a Hannah model and Lord Chompy Bits and Teddy and uh, whatever the totem for uh, the old uh, card slinging guys called. Uh, oh, Huggy. The Hungering Darkness. <sighs> yeah, Huggy. We call them Huggy. Yeah, hungering yeah but the Hungering Darkness. Yep. So that. So sent out a bunch of models. And I mean, I just, I like hooking pe- my patrons up with that stuff because I'd like to see it somewhere on the tables in the world. And that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I gave the nightmare stuff to Photon in the in the chat there. So yep. 
Um, I was about to say, like... You got into Nightmare. Like, yeah, uh, the... Nice. Whatchamacallit? The quality of your paints is also, like, pretty damn good. So, I would say that you should keep doing that because more people are going to want to be in the... <laughs> Te- technically, I don't think I'm supposed to because on Patreon, you're not supposed to do raffles. But this isn't really a raffle, so I think I'm getting around it. But I don't care. Okay. They can do whatever. Sure. Because F them, that's why. That's why. <laughs> and I did not mean raffle. Pa- I'm sorry. Yeah. Speaking of patrons, make sure that you check us out on patreon.com slash ragequitwire where you can support us for as little as doll hair. And we put stuff out early there. The patrons get to be in the chats if they are available when we live record. So they get to see the stuff before, during, and after. The stuff that gets edited out sometimes. Dixon goes off and I gotta cut that bitch because it's, it, it just isn't gonna work. I'm so sad. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, I do too. I, I say some things too. Yeah, ho- hopefully some of our rants actually go on YouTube because uh, that was pretty interesting. I was like, I thought I said more than just Barbaros, but like the Barbaros segment was actually long enough that yeah, you know, so that made a good something video. I've been doing with yeah, that's what I've been doing with the YouTube videos because you know our long format's good for podcasting, but not YouTube. So yeah, instead of doing the whole video, the whole episode, I basically take about a 10, 15 minute clip of something interesting that we talk about on each episode. Right. And I've been putting that... I try to put it out before the episode so it can kind of get out there beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been working out pretty good. I'm hoping to get some legs on that and hopefully people like it. Yeah, yeah. Podcasts are great so. for when you're driving. Videos are great for whenever yes. you're waiting in line. Yeah, just something quick. You can kind of just listen to it, look at it. Yep. So definitely check us out there. We also got the Discord. Man, I feel like I've gotten invited to like 10 extra discords lately. It's been beautiful. So if you're a discord person, Rage Quit Wire has a pretty good discord. So check us out on there as well. And then we have Twitter. I'm always posting stuff on Twitter, doing some slap chopping. I put some Nephilim slap chops up today on Twitter. So feel free to check those out. I was slap chop that. Is, it was might, so good, by the way. It might be my new good. favorite speed paint technique. I mean, like it doesn't look, it doesn't look amazing, but it looks good. <laughs> See, this guy needs to stop humble bragging. This looks real good. I mean, I'm sad that my phone won't show actually on the screen, but like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put them up while we're while we're talking about it and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that looks like, damn and good. I post I posted them in the Discord and stuff too. And that's what I'm saying though. Like, literally, you just and anybody can do this. Prime your stuff black, dry brush it a gray, and then dry brush white on the extreme high points, and then just use the speed and contrast paints. And that's all that was. I literally didn't. I put some washes on some of the white just to give it kind of that more, you know, dingy kind of color. But besides that, that's all just contrast paints. It's it's pretty amazing. Like once I saw somebody do that, I'm like, that can't that can't work. And it does. Well it's not only that it works, <laughs> that it's like it looks like great table quality and the way that's that you solid. describe it, it's like it's like one of the fastest ways that you paint it because you didn't have to like do too much other than like the dry brush part. It is all that Nephilim stuff. So literally I got that stuff Tuesday from Chris because I was like, hey I need it for my Barbaros crew. And I was like, hey, do you mind if I repaint this? He's like, no. So I, I primed it Wednesday. And then Wednesday, Wednesday throughout the day, I spent three hours. And literally, it was just dry brush, contrast, touch up, done. So really quick. And I got most of that I would need in that list done. So hmm. really easy. You, and like I said, it's not my preferred method. I prefer to wet blend with a wet palette because you can get some really cool blending techniques in there. But pretty good. This is my favorite speed paint for sure. Hmm. Dixon and I have been flushing out a keyword. And anytime, especially if you're going to go into like competitive play or if you're going to just try to get good with a keyword, you want to kind of flush it out and you want to see what you like, what you don't like, what fits your play style, what doesn't. 
Now we have these titles, so you got to be like, okay, do I like this title versus that title? And we've been doing that with Tara, and you've been doing that with Maw. So, Dixon, I, I really like the way that you and I have been kind of going back and forth in this. Do you want to kind of explain how you try to figure out and flush out a keyword when you're getting into it? So, to specify, I, I haven't just been doing Maw, but, sure. but you have been focusing on Tara. And what I've been doing is in order you know to kind of flesh you out because you i know you were trying to practice it for tournament play right whereas I, yep. i'm just having fun but i know how to defend myself anyway <laughs> so dixon I, dixon's a good sparrer because dixon knows your stuff almost as well as you do if not better and he knows how to kind of challenge you in good ways and then also punish you if you make mistakes. Right, and <laughs> I play different crews. So what I've been doing is I pick a, a keyword. Uh, I pick three keywords for, for t my two factions, for Neverborn and, and Bayou. I picked Trixie, which is the last two games that we played. We played that. But before that, I played you Pandora. I played you Titania. Yep. And you got to see different crews and then you have to deal yep. with them in a different way right yeah and I, I think that's important when you're flushing out a keyword right is that if if you have a bad game with a keyword you can't just be like this is trash and malifo right i mean nick you can probably speak to that where it's like you have a bad game and you just have to recognize that maybe it was just a bad matchup yeah yeah bad matchup or uh just a bad pool for the crew that you're in you're you're yep. so focused on it, it just you're just trying to get reps and trying to get things going and you may get like you said a bad experience but that doesn't mean that the the crew is trash yeah that's that's why malifo is so challenging yeah uh the problem the biggest problem that i noticed because it happened to us um i since i'm i'm not like trying to get ready to a tournament it was easy for me to say nah i played like shit and that was it but i know how yeah. hard it is when you get into a tournament you try to blame other stuff you don't try to blame your, <laughs> no, it's Hundred oh, yeah, percent. No, yo, you're not wrong. Because when we talked about it, it took you probably like an hour or two before you were like, "No, no, wait, I could have done this better." Because the first yeah. like 10, 15 minutes right after the game, you were like, "This is bullshit. This master doesn't do anything. How the hell is Tarot supposed to win?" And then you like kind of like work <laughs> through it, and eventually you you arrive to the answer. Am I wrong? Yeah. So basically, I I like the idea of Terra Two Timeless because. She has this really cool mechanic of sending models back through these echo markers, and she has this kind of cheeky, like, I'm going to pull you out of the void and you can charge out of it kind of thing. So it's almost like this cool teleporting coming out of weird angles. Yep. And so, so I like the idea. It's it's interesting. My, my personal, it's I like to call it a yo-yo made out of blades. Because that's what she does. She <laughs> just, like, chucks a yo-yo made out of blades at you, cuts you up, and then pulls it back out. I'm like... Am I supposed to defend against this? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Dixon, you weren't the only person I played against this. I played uh, probably two or three other games with just people on Vassal just to get a feel for it as well. Right. And the thing I noticed is like I'm playing Terra Timeless, and she's like, you know, manipulating, and you think that that would be good for things like you know, um, the ops one, um, the hidden ops or secret ops, whatever it's called. Cover ops. Yeah. Yeah, covert ops. And then the other one being, uh, you know, uh, guard the stash. So you're like, oh, she should be pretty good at those ones because you can move your stuff in and out, and then you can also bury and you can uh, you can push around, you know, the other models that you can put a rewind marker on them to get them out of there. Right. So that that's all. That's the stuff that really made her interesting. But I kept coming to the same conclusion about the third or fourth turn. 
because you know Terra, especially specifically on those two um, those two uh, strategies, right? You know where Terra is going to be, right? Yep. And I feel like her keywords designed to be more mobile and be more kind of like a question of where they're going to end up. Yep. But if you know by the end of the turn they're going to be in this area, it makes the keyword more susceptible to getting blown up. Like the, because she does have fragile models, right? And they do have the susceptibility of just getting wrecked if they're there. So I I want to hear what Nick has to say about the uh, what I'm about to say right now because it's related. Something that I just, I want to say like two hours ago when I was thinking about our game I started thinking what the Terra 2 did that the first one didn't, right? It's the rewind thingy. You could literally, for the for the missions that you said that you were not uh, picking her for, you could rewind enemy models off of the Garda stash. Like you did with my, with my master. The big issue is... Yeah. You couldn't figure out how to how to keep her alive, right? That was the problem. So there is a couple of things with that. Is yes, rewind is good hmm. against some things, right? Because it was good because I could kept keep Mecha Mima away. I would get the mass trigger and then place her like four inches away, which is bigger because of her fifty mil base. So I think that's the strength of it. But it's only a stat six willpower, so there are just some matchups where that's not going to be good. Um, you're not going to especially auto- back concealing and stuff. Right, right. So you're not auto guaranteeing that. But the question that I was going to say to Nick now was, how would you feel if somebody were to like say at the end of the turn would just constantly remove your cover ops off of the markers or you know your guard to stash off of the markers? Like that counts as powerful in my opinion. Very, very. I mean, you look at Yanlo two that got nerfed for having hole in the world. You're displacing a bunch of models at the end that are in scoring positions, and it does way too much with that, especially at the end of a turn. And Terra has access to um, yes. pass tokens with Four Ionis. pass tokens extra I mean, per turn. Jesus Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah, so that was something that I definitely started to see the value in that. Yeah, so it just it was one of those things where it felt good when you did it, and I would say the best interaction that I had that just felt amazing was I I moved ended up moving 33 up to the midline because you can basically charge out of the void and stuff. And then when I activated 33, I ended up taking a shot at Bo Peep and I got the hole in the world trigger and I ended up placing Bo Peep six inches up inside of 33's aura to then place her within two right next to the nothing beast so I could eat her up. So and Talos. Like, yum, yum, yum. And Ionis. And Talos. Like it, it was, yeah. she was oh. dead. Like the moment that that happened, I was like, "That was a ten-inch placement." I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to accept that she died, and I won that game. But it, it yeah, was they a, fought out of it good. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's it seems to be like a story for us. Like somebody's winning early, and then they're just getting crushed. At the end. It was so funny. Yeah, which is good because you want to learn how to fight out of things. Right. But in uh, 33, I, I actually like 33's nerf. I thought it was a good nerf, but. I will say that hole in the world feels like the good action on that mm. for the gun. Right. And then obviously the bubble where you can place models when they place inside of your six inch bubble or, or I should say, mm. but that hole in the world trigger on the gun, I think is the sweet action. And if you, you, it's hard to get a high enough tome for it to be reliable though. That's the only problem. I mean, she, she's stat six, but I mean, I, I understand what you mean. She's an enforcer. It's not a guarantee. It's the highest tome that you have in your hand for an enforcer. 
it's not you know yeah. you can't plan around it so it's good it's good it's one of those things where it's like when you see it in your hand you're like okay how can i abuse this but it's not something you can rely on every game for yeah. sure and it's worth a and red joker a, like i would definitely oh, say for, it's for worth sure. a red joker yeah in the right situation hell yeah so but i feel like the problem it was always right around turn three and four just somebody would get blown up um some of the models that i think terror two likes like talos and i think i think she does like aonis even though some players say she doesn't you don't need him it with uh, with Terra Two. Um, I feel like since you're going to be fighting, it's better to have another controlled on Barry and some of the giving out fast. And um, I liked using Terra's expedite to make Aonis charge somebody to give them fast. That seemed really good. Oh god! So that was that was a good combo too. <laughs> so I think the bottom line in this is I felt good with some of the combos. Yeah. But the problem I kept running into is it kind of falls apart and. I gave it probably about six games of that where I was like, okay, it's just there always seems to be this moment, turn three or turn four, where something, one of those linchpins goes down and then it falls apart. I think so, you specifically would, like really tough models. And you make, you squeeze blood out of that rock. Like you just, I don't mind, holy crap. see, I don't mind models, I don't mind my models dying, but I think there's a lot of finesse to Terra 2 that if you aren't patient enough and i'm not i'm an aggressive player if you're not patient enough like i i always tend to overextend 33 because i want profit and uh, and so i do that and literally then 33 is yeah. you know within a couple of activations probably dead okay so so nick this is a a, a trick that happens i think he already saw through the bullshit but i bait him constantly and sometimes he loses his patience and goes for the bait and then loses a big oh, model totally. and gets really mad. Big mad. Oh, totally. <laughs> you tried to do that today, but I didn't take the bait today. Today, yeah. I was like, this is not working. Sag. No, there's sometimes, there's sometimes when I have bloodlust in my heart and I'm going to go kill something. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a trap. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I even said it. I was like, there's no skill right now that I can figure out other than, like, psychological warfare, and I'm getting my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but that's what I'm saying. So I don't think, I think there's times where I'm not patient enough to play Terra 2. Right. Whereas I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do, and, I, and Dix and I talked this out. I was like, let, let me do this. I'll play Terra 1 on Thursday. And Dixon's like, that's a great idea because... You'll figure out if you miss something versus, you know, you like something, and that's a good comparison. Mm -hmm. And I, I must say, after playing Terra 1 today, I was like, I don't miss Terra 2 at all. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the, well, Terra 1's there so good. Go. That, she is. Right there. She's really good. Yes. This man speaks the well, truth. 5 AP, final activate. I mean, especially now that GG3's out, that I knew uh, GG2, it was really focused on, on kill, 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 and it was... The, the Summoner Masters in the um, in Terra's playstyle just didn't really meld well with that. Yeah, only one um, only one strat, only it was symbols. That was the only one you yeah. saw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now there's there's a lot of different avenues for success with Terra oh, yeah. One, and uh, as we all know, past tokens and last activation is kind of the make or break for Malifaux right now. Yep. It seems. Um, look at the success of all the other past token masters, and and uh, uh, it's just. It's, yeah, it's part of the game right now, and, and she does Something that I get yeah, very biggest... upset about is, how the hell is somebody both scoring on cover ops and breakthrough at the same time? I was like, what the hell? 
And she can do it. She <laughs> literally can do it. Because she yeah. like plants somebody in my deployment zone and then has somebody else in one of the two corners of the side of the map. And I'm like, what the how? <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, so the thing that really made me just kind of like cast off Terra 2 with that game, and it's not just that game, because I've played Terra 1 before, so I knew, I hadn't played her in GG3, but I knew what she did. I played her quite a bit. Yeah. But the fact that, okay, so one, I feel like the summoning is a strength for her because you can summon models out early and then those are extra activations to put fast on models and if people don't know what obliteration does you need fast to unbury unless one of your tech pieces unburies with an action which there's only two options maybe three that i can think of um that auto unbury but then you have to activate that model whereas if you get fast on an enemy model then you can just activate, unbury, remove the fast next to base to base with the model. So the fact that I can summon these models early, so like two wretches, a hunter, maybe another hunter, and then they're the ones out there running around putting fast on these models. I don't have to waste Aonis, who's a 10 stone model. I don't have to waste, you know, Terra or somebody else that I can stone for some kind of thing to get fast on a model. I can get it with these extra activations. Plus, that gives me then opportunities to burn my opponent's activation because I'm like, I'm going to activate this little four stone wretch. That little piece of shit I'm going right to put there. fast on you. Yeah. yeah. He's going to bite you. Mark, 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 and then that's it. I was going to point that out right there. Most people are going to start saying, and, and I'm one of those people because I know, I know for a fact the summon models are not going to score any points. Just don't fret right. about that. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if they're not going to score points because they make life easier for the points uh, for the models that are going to score you points. Yeah, that's what it is. Like you just like yeah. swarm on somebody else, and if you do it well, you can use the summoning models still to do that to just like kind of gum up the middle and be like, well, I have to deal with a stupid yep. seven point model that won't die in one hit. Fuck it, you know. And and then going continuing down the list, like you yeah. guys said, she has two activations. She has a, basically a leap that doesn't need a suit. She can, you know, summon models like I just said. She can leap, stutter time twice per turn. Leap that doesn't require a suit, and you are not locked to doing it once per turn. Yeah. That is super important. Like, you cannot just gloss over that like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, and and it, it just, it fits her place. That master fits the keywords playstyle. Like, Dixon took, I think, in your face in this game, and he was trying to hunt down the nothing beast all game. But the problem with that, it was... As soon as I got a sniff of somebody coming towards the nothing beast, I would just stutter time, bury it, and then put it, you know, somewhere else across. Stutter the time, bury it, heal it, throw it somewhere else. I was yep. so mad. I'm like this mother. I like because I got him from I think it was like nine or ten life down to like six. He went up to eight. Then I got him from eight to three. He went up to six, and then it was just like I, f- I fucking give up. Like I can't kill oh. this thing. Yeah, it's just, it's more flexible and it's harder to determine where that keyword's going to be. So I just, I end up liking, I think Terra 1's just kind of more of what, plus I, I think also, and Dixon, you and I were actually doing this before um, before we got on here. I, I traditionally with friends, I'm like, hey, here's the masters. I'm thinking of these type of strategies. Right. So like for, you know, Carve a Path, I'm like, this could be a Zip or a Terra, you know, pool. Yes. You know, I'm not. I'm then like, okay, and then cursed objects. That's like a Von Schill or you know this master pool or you know Barbaros pool. I want to hear that actually from from Nick. Nick, how would you feel if like the options that you have to play against are either big ass Nephilims or a fucking giant robots? Like, 
which one would you prefer? And that's the play I think, against. Yeah, because like literally, the, that's Sophie's choice. I, Sophie's I have, choice. No, I don't want either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't want because you can't prepare um, for one. Like, like once you yeah. see the master, you're like fuck. Because like if you pick a master <laughs> that can't yeah. deal with both, now you're screwed. So not everybody has that, right. you know, luxury. Right. You kind of just need to shift your game plan, or you have to have Von Schill that can just do a shit ton of damage to punch through either armor or, inc- or a ton of incorporeal and mobility. Jeez. What did you just say? Von Schill? <laughs> big-ass robots can answer both big-ass robots and giant Nephilim? Hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. This is the strength of, of Outcast, I, I think, in my opinion, right now. It's, yeah, I'm not saying that they're going to be the OP or the number one. I'm just saying, like, everybody nah. should look at their faction and look at their strength. Because I, so I keep I, seeing I people actually, poo-pooing both Bayou and Nephilims. I actually think the, uh, I think the biggest downside to Outcasts is that you could literally play any of their masters and so I think I think a lot of people have the same problem I tend to have where I want to play all of the masters. Okay. And I've I purposefully narrowed myself down to three or four. And those are the ones that I'm cranking out to figure out who I like in this GG the best. So it's been really good with this, you know, exercise and figuring out each keyword that I'm going through. That's a fair assessment. I mean yeah. I don't get one thing. Uh Nick, you play guild. How do you pick yeah. your masters? I it's based off a of pool and board board mostly because the board fucks me every right. time <laughs> um and uh guild doesn't have a lot of answers so you kind of have to flex based on what the board looks like but yeah. uh that's been my primary motive there uh and guild has answers for a lot of stuff now so i'm not too how, worried how many about keywords do you realistically play in guild four maybe f- oh wow. well heavily Dang. three but uh um i could easily do a five round gt with uh, uh different masters in guild um, do you feel like but, you're gonna be weaker? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, you're 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 kicking Lucius and and Nelly out out the gate, right? On your early <laughs> rounds that are easier, um, <laughs> and saving your stronger masters. Uh, but uh, I think Guild has a good uh, uh, pool of of uh, masters right now, um, especially with the titles. But there again, you have to be very selective with it. And I've played a shit ton of Guild, so I know a lot of those masters pretty well. I don't know much about Guild. Like I know how to play against them but like i i see the the there's so much there's such a difference in how we, we play that i have to ask you that because like i personally go with board and faction that i'm playing against when i'm picking my masters mm-hmm. when i play <laughs> that's yeah. the biggest thing i've noticed dixon is you and i play so differently because there's things you'll bring and i'm like i wouldn't bring <laughs> that at all and you're like you bring that that's kind of weird yep. no yep. It, it's just funny to see the different play styles even within the keywords yeah. and working and working because that's the key part mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah, i, I sure. could not make for the life of me i could not make perdita work but i kept seeing people like nick people like um it's my girl what you call oh my god uh uh let like playing oh, yeah. He's her great. well and it's yeah, and it's just like, Jesus, how the crap? Because I, I lost every game that I played with her, but I knew she was powerful. It's like, it's not it's not her. It's definitely me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's an art to it. It, it gets it takes a few ass-kickings before the tables turn, for, for sure. sure, on that. So, Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is when you're trying, if you can, if you can manage it, hmm. the biggest thing when you're sculpting out, like, one, whether do you like this keyword? So that's always the first thing is, play it do you like it okay i like even though 
I know a keyword might be powerful, I still might hate how it plays and then just decide to not play it. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to figure out, okay, which models do I like? So do I like this henchman versus that one? Which minions do I like? Do I like, you know, this, that? And then finally going into, okay, do I like the title? Where does the title fit versus the original? And there's some masters where I won't ever pick one version or the other because I don't like it or it's terrible. So for instance, Dead Man Walking for Parker, mm. I love that version. I do not like the original Parker. Yeah. So I will, I, and just here's a hint for anybody that plays against me in the future. It's like if you see Bandits declared, you're not going to see the original Parker. You're you're just going to see Dead Man Walking. I'm sorry. It's guaranteed. It's the same thing with Bandita, though. Bandita, you're not going to see one. When was the last time you used uh, one, Nick? Yeah, Nick, when's the last time you dropped Bandita uh, one? Well, not too long ago, but as a second master, she's great. Oh, as a second master. Yeah, but okay. not as a declared yeah, master. Yeah, we're not, not talking at all. about that, no, Nick. No. No, she's a super solo. That makes like perfect when you sense. Started that, the game, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense that as a second master, yeah. because she's a super solo. Exactly. And, yeah. and you know, I, I think even fatigue goes into master declaration, too, because, you know, you're round three of a tournament and your mind's fried. You're going to go, what do I know the best that I could just kind of, you know, ca- uh, cakewalk this and, and get it done as easy as possible? Um, yep. McCabe's usually my third round when I'm playing Ten Thunders because I know all of his cards. It's straightforward. They can they can tackle anything. They can shift gears and, and adapt. There's not a lot of heavy thinking. Just get out and get it done. They ignore terrain. Oh, God. They hit pretty hard. They ignore They're armor. Survival. Zip, cards. Yep. Zip's usually my last round. I usually just slam Zip. I don't care what it is. Yep. Mine is Nephilim <laughs> and Pandora. Those are the like I don't have to think too much about it. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. I got. I'm actually more interested in Barbaros once the uh, once those new Tiri models come out. Right. So we'll see how that impacts how I play that. Actually, now that I think about it, in Bayou, Mecha Mima's becoming that because she's dude. A, I've seen a ton of Mecha Mima players. Yeah, yeah, but like for me, I'm saying that you know, like I don't want to think. I just want to do. You know what I mean? I do not, you know... Big like, stompy robots. Yeah, and all of a sudden, make a Mima just like, all right, I just want to put her down on the table. Why? Because I just know. I just know exactly what I need okay, to do. Okay, Dixon, I want, to get, I want to get my blood boiling a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead and share your stupid survivor story here and <laughs> what that effing model did during our game. I talk so much crap on survivors because I don't think they're good, and then I got wrecked by one. He was, was mad because... Super bad. Okay, so... Why don't you build this up? I will. I will. I'm gonna I'm I'm actually make it saucy. Nick, you played against Calculate the Possibilities, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. What happens if you do Calculate the Possibilities? You know, there's only like 20 cards left, and literally every card that you pulled out of the discard pile, the highest card was an 11. Uh, it turns five stone minions into 10 stone uh, enforcers, killers. killers. Yeah. So I was killers. like, with I, the I top end of five math, damage, I'm like. Yep, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, a survivor did ten damage to the to the nothing beast, killing it because I was already taking some. Da- I know, right? Oh I my know. god, that was one turn. That's not. That's not it. That's, that's no, not no. It. That was one turn. Second turn after that, he did it again, doing like eight damage to Ionius, killing it as well because he had already taken some damage. You forgot you killed 33 too, you bastard. And 33, <laughs> yeah. Like, that survivor killed a 7-plus point model every turn. Every turn. Wow. A 5-point model killed more than 20-something points of when models. He, when he killed Aonis, I was like, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like turn 4, like, too. This, 
Like, it's so stupid. But I kept telling him, I was like, dude, my you can look at the discard pile. My discard pile You can explain it to me. It doesn't make it any better, Dixon. <laughs> flip minus. Yeah, flip minus. Severe, severe. Why do you keep doing that, Dixon? Like, you're trying. Listen, this is not the Be Logical and Have Fun podcast. That doesn't matter. <laughs> That model's bullshit. Uh, it's like that model's And you feel bullshit. like, dude, it's just like when you're, it's like when your wife's pissed off and you want to try to explain something to her. It's not going to help anything. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm your Malibu wife. Don't try to be logical and explain this to me. Hey, man. Pissed off. You should. It's. I'm just saying that. So you should be mad at Bryn, not the five point model. Oh yeah. Oh no. And then Bryn hit a clutch. I mean, it was a clutch. I knew you were going to do that to make it where the, the. Uh, freaking trigger didn't go off and i was like oh, i totally forgot about that stupid yep. ability he's like i'm gonna like, kill this model dixon remembered it yeah i was like i'm gonna kill this model it's like no 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 Bryn is right there for a reason discard a one and yeah. he's just like i didn't even think about that you're absolutely right because you have to declare uh, triggers don't you on yeah that mo- oh yeah. my god yeah that's awesome yeah so Bryn was a hoe it just you know but hey bayou players Bryn's awesome you should bring him turns out yeah <laughs> also if you play maw he's pretty much just throwing the list also that same game that i won the first two rounds i completely forgot about arcane reservoir i would have forgotten on round three. yeah I, I had to remind exactly. you yeah i was like this guy I was like do you only have six cards i'm like have you have you been playing down card <laughs> <Not> sure enough <laughs> but all beautiful reasons why you should uh you should just kind of figure out your keyword play against different people play against different masters because i found if you if you play against the same person so like if i only played against dixon and let's say dixon's just better than me right dixon's a skilled player i might feel like the keyword's not good and also maybe dixon's always playing a good counter like the keyword he likes playing just nerfs the crap out of the keyword i'm trying to figure out that could be another thing so you want to play against different masters different people so you can kind of figure your crew out a little bit better and how, what it's actually worth doing yep that's the reason why I picked six keywords to throw against you. And I just kept going down the line. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. I think you did the best so against like, Titania. Yeah, I mean, well, that was actually with uh, Von Schill when I was still figuring him out. That's true. Um, That's the reason why. Yeah, Von, Von Schill did some good things there. Yeah. Doing the God, Lord's so work. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. And, yeah, it's it, it's pretty good. I'm, gonna, I'm excited for the next actual tournament I go to because... I'll have a good amount of outcast games into this and it'll feel good to, I, I was listening. <laughs> I was actually listening to uh, students of conflict, which uh, coincidentally is what uh, Nick is uh, helping host. Oh yeah. So good job, Nick there. You, you uh, Texas boys doing, doing good Appreciate work there, it. but I was listening to the new one you guys put out. And I think Brian was saying like, I don't know what it is. Like Bayou players have something loose where it's like, they always go back to Bayou, even though they know the com- combo they're trying to work didn't work the last time, but they want to go back and they're like, oh baby, it'll be, you know, it's going to work this time. It'll be okay. <laughs> and that totally explains every Bayou player. I do it all the time. We're like, oh, I'm going to go play Bayou for a little bit. And then I get mad and then I leave it and I come back. <laughs> The funny thing it's is I good. haven't had that experience yet, but then again, I haven't played Bayou in the tournament yet. Hey, I'm just happy I got you into the Bayou yeah. because you were you were not Bayou curious until the podcast. I was a Bayou hater. <laughs> yeah. I was in the closet. <laughs> I was telling, uh, I was actually telling Clay. I was talking to him on Discord. Uh, Nick, I was like, he he actually said that when he's at Captain Con, he's, he might just play Maw and yeah. Zip. I was like, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. That's probably the safest Bayou thing you can do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else, you're just you're just trying something. 
Well, Pete, so, you know you got me into uh, Bayou as well, right? Did well, you? you got me into Outcast. I bought everything for Outcast, including Zip, and then I started playing Zip, and then I started buying stuff for Bayou. So yeah. Oh. Indirectly, you, you got, got me disease, into man. It, so. That's two. Two people. <laughs> Did you end up with at least a favorite keyword in Outcast? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I think I Levy think is my favorite so far. Uh, no shit. He does what I need to do against the Texas meta. I need immediate response to Hell stuff. Oh yeah, he does. Like, there's no setup in uh, here in Texas. You, you've got to come out with guns blazing and, and getting stuff done. So, yeah, I I, I really enjoy Levy, and I and I enjoy uh, Von Schill. I'm just not great at Von Schill managing when upgrades go on and where, and you know where the trunk needs to be to get things back on it. And giddy up. I just like to draw cards with Yannick, and, and then I realize all my shit's dead in the front line, but I got a fistful of cards. <laughs> Actually, we... we uh, oh, man, I'm trying, I'm so horrible with names, but uh, Pete had a podcast uh, with... Oh, my God. Brian? Uh, I think... Yeah, yeah, was yeah. It, was it the Von Chill episode? It was episode? the Von episode. And in that yeah, Von Chill episode, he, he literally mentioned that Yannick is a trap. So that may have been the reason why you were not doing as well. Because uh, yeah, I think it, that's too many I think points. If you, I think if you're in like wedge and you're doing like, um, you're doing like guard the stash, it's probably okay to play Yannick because you're going to be fighting in areas. But if you need to spread out at all, I think it is a trap because then you're you're basically pigeonholing yourself to just this area. So, uh, but anyways, getting into the second part of this where. We're going to be looking at these effigies and emissaries. Um, Nick, for those that might not know, do you just kind of want to let us know what generally these effigies and emissaries are? There's one for each faction, so that's yeah. Something. There's one with each faction, or there's there's an effigy and an emissary for each faction. Um, uh, most known, the effigies with the two stone upgrade can uh, grow into their emissary form at uh, uh, turn three. On turn three. Um, if you remember to do it, which I fail to remember often. <laughs> um, but it, you don't remember yeah. until halfway through yeah. turn three. And, and for the most part, the effigies are pretty lackluster, minus a few factions that have some kind of key things that they can do. But the emissaries are where the meat and potatoes are. Some are used way more than others. Um, and it's a spread from a four-stone model to a ten-stone model, usually with armor, usually with hard to kill or hard to wound or a combination of that and terrifying and hard to it usually kill, has usually, a, yeah. a plethora so, of things that are kind of faction specific with the exception of the um the the arcanist one all of them have hard to kill ah all of them yeah, yeah. the arcanist one is the only one that has i think it's like regen and i am assuming because no i don't think anybody has mentioned this i am assuming the reason why it doesn't have hard to kill is because you can put soul stones on it you can make it use soul stones that's a good mm. point it, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's the frenzy charge yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a frenzy. He hits like a Mack truck. Yeah, the FAGs kind of fit like this little niche role usually. Um, so I'll speak to kind of the two that I know pretty well, and that's Bayou and Outcast. So the Outcast one, if you see that FAG, it's usually just going to be a pocket healer. That's pretty much all it does. It, it just kind of, and you're usually not going to see it unless it's just because it's a four point, it's a four stone healer. So either they're bringing it as a cheap healer. Or it's got the upgrade and it's going to soon be the hodgepodge, which we'll talk about later. Yep. And then the Bayou one is actually pretty interesting. And I think the Bayou one works better for um, for Bubble Cruise. So the Lucky Effigy for Bayou, the real big thing is the Aura Luck. 
So it, basically once you activate him, it puts up this three inch bubble where then you can cheat off the top of your fate deck. So it's kind of like what Somer used to have where you could cheat off the top. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, especially in some crews like Kin. Kin likes seeing the effigy because it's just kind of in the back, given the bubble. And if they miss, they can be like, cool, I'll cheat off the top deck. And, you know, sometimes that creates some really dirty situations. So those are the two that I know that I'm like, those are the two main reasons you would see those. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, I mean, I personally use it with uh, the Wong Tu. Because in Wong 2, I like to bring at least one lightning bug and Wong himself. Yeah. Or if not a lightning bug, I bring the uh, the catapult. And you just put the effigy literally right in between both of them with the upgrade. And it's just like, yeah. all right, buy a two card. Just chuck cards unless you really need to hurt somebody. And Nick, I will say the brutal effigy for Guild is probably my favorite model for the effigies. It's kind of, he's got this... You know, brim hat he kind of has hanging low, and he's got a mini casket for babies on his back. And I'm just like, this guy looks cool. Do you bring this effigy ever? I don't. I don't find a spot for it. I mean, it's the cheapest pine box in the faction, uh, which is interesting, but it's a stat one uh, versus size. So that's kind of... It's like, why not just... Because you could pay, what, one or two more stones and just get your little uh, marshals and stuff? Yeah, so it's, it's... not really used that much at all and really if you're in a corner deployment or something and you throw the upgrade on that's that's when you'd use it i mean it has kind of a cool aura that rarely gets used but um, you have to be staying in a bubble and since guild mages are a thing they're not used you don't need that anymore what do you use the emissary for because i actually that's one of the ones that i rarely see so emissaries because of big with crowd control uh so you go against uh crews that uh do a lot of their own uh obeys because it'll it'll shut that down completely um it's got one hell of a great sword and uh, uh it's got a it's got a berry so it's got a stat four versus size yeah you see a lot with lady yeah. jane so that's what i was going to mention i don't see that i see the riot breaker in vassal games maybe now it's different but this is like you know 2022 back mm-hmm. yeah and that's why i think we need to talk about it because i also think that there are some times where the gaining grounds kind of come and go and some models kind of get forgotten about and they're not terrible that you just might forget about them okay and the brutal emissary I when I dip my toes in the guild, especially with Lady J, I definitely brought that once in a while when I needed it. Okay. Yeah, it's a solid model. It's just it's a, it's a it's a big investment, and uh, the bonus action is the same as the the effigy, and it really gets used. So you're really using it for either the great sword or the the berry mechanic. Um, and to be yeah. honest, there's other options that are cheaper, or you can get more bang for your buck uh, uh, if you're going that route anyway. So it kind of falls in this weird middle zone. Does it hit things that are buried? No. No, it, in, and his berry mechanic is into the cage, so it's not even an actual pine box, which I don't think it'd work with Marshall anyway, because uh, the or the Lady J could target once it, it's buried, but that's yeah. right? Um, yeah, but I mean, even some uh, on his great sword, he's got heave, he's got knock aside, and he's got sweeping strike. So there's still yeah. some really good stuff on a three, four, five with positive to damage. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen that heave toss stuff into like hazardous terrain and stuff. That's yeah, so good. it's it's yeah. really kind of niche, but. Uh, uh, I haven't used it in quite some time. An- another effigy that I like is actually the Intrepid effigy for explorers. Oh, my God. Uh, it, has, it has lead the way, which is mm-hmm. super good. Um, if you haven't played, like, 
Bowfishbacher or anybody else that has that lead the way is pretty strong. Yep. Uh, and then also Ore of Courage is just a solid bonus. That's the one that um, what if you uh, if you win the duel generated by an enemy model uh, by two or more, you get to heal. That used to be any duel, so it was super busted. So they toned that down, but it's still good. It's still solid. I mean, it went from basically every activation you heal one or two. Oh yeah. To yeah. like every other activation you heal one. Do you guys think the Intrepid Emissary is still broke with uh, with the Errata? Defense seven. Uh, we'll get. Well, I would say we can get okay. to that in a minute. We'll get. We'll, let's get all these little we'll puppets out of the way, and we'll talk about. Yeah, put that pin, pin on that one. <laughs> but Dixon, I was going to ask you: Do you ever bring the uh, the mysterious effigy? I've never seen this on the board ever. Yeah. I, I bring the mysterious effigy with Pandora with the upgrade specifically because every now and then I I just want to have like somebody in the back line just you know holding the fort and then they'll turn into the emissary and then you know you go you can go ham. Uh, Do you use that more for a lure when you're before it grows up or what are you actually doing with it? Nothing. You just get focus on it and then when it levels up to the emissary, he has to <laughs> focus. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. It's like he does it for two turns. It's like, all right, get concentrate, boom, get concentrate, boom, just hold back. All of a sudden, I'm the emissary now in severe terrain, heal, you know, even more. And then I, you saw what happens with the roof from below. Now, tell me that ability with focus is not powerful. Shut up. Anyways, <laughs> I was going to say another thing that you can think of doing with these effigies, especially if you're doing what Dixon's doing, mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, this is going to grow up turn three. Yeah. One, if you have that upgrade, you need to learn that people are going to headhunt for it, so you probably do need to keep it further back. Yes. Two, I found something good to do with effigies similar to what I do with totems or summon models sometimes is to actually assist stuff off. So if you have injured or if you have burning on you, just use a quick action, assist it down a little bit. Um, sometimes that's good to do if you're waiting for these effigies to grow up, if you will. Or if you yes. need markers dropped in your backline uh, for different effects yep. and auras. Yep. Talking about the Yonic engine, I do that with the effigy for uh, Outcasts. Mm. I'll get that going by just drop, like I'll go, I'm going to walk, drop a scheme, or I'll do drop a scheme, concentrate, and that sets it up for that whole engine. So, yeah, that's a great point yeah. as well. The um, the trick with the Soulstone Miners, if you have the effigy, you can literally have the effigy drop a scheme marker, then activate Brin. Brin can then remove the marker, tell the Soulstone Miner to uh, bury, and then Activates. you can unbury whatever the hell you want. Yeah, it's one of the tricks that the effigy, whenever you bring it, you know, you're cheating off the top of the deck too, so it doesn't matter. Isn't yeah. the effigy in Neverborn also a uh, scrap marker for puppet summoning? If you uh, wanted I don't know to, what you mean by that. don't you need a uh, scrap marker with him? Not yeah, Vesalisa. Don't you need a scrap to in order to get that engine going? Oh, I guess you have Wicked Dolls to do that as well, huh? I was gonna, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I've never done it with the effigy, but the yeah, effigy is a construct, so I guess it would work. I use it with the dolls, and, and yeah. is a puppet, also and a, puppet. a puppet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't, I if I'm not transforming the mysterious effigy, I like the the mysterious effigy is garbage. It's the emissary that you want, yeah. And it, sure. yeah, the only reason why, and I I did that with you, uh, because I know you. And I had the emissary instead of the effigy. I usually don't bring the emissary. I bring just the effigy and play the game that I told you about. But because I knew that you were aggressive, I put in the emissary up front and went, "Come at me! Like, let's see what you do." I I also 
like looking at the last three that we have, we have the Arcane one or the Arcanist one, the Carrion Effigy and the Shadow. Now I know Nick, you've probably, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing you've probably used the Shadow Effigy and I'm guessing maybe to give concealment to your crew if you think a gun line's coming. That seems like a decent thing yeah, to it's, do. It's a thing, but it's not the best thing on that card. If you look at uh, their other tactical, remember the mission, you can make another friendly, uh, take the interact action, even if engaged. And then with the mass trigger, it could push three inches in any direction before or after uh, uh, said uh, interact. So yeah, that's really a way of getting, having, you know, a model holding down the fort or uh, uh, next to a marker that needs to be removed and you don't have the AP to do it, there's your AP to hit interact. Um, so I've used him with great effect that's for really that. Good. Also, the Storm of Shadows is also a great ability and the Shadow Emissary is fantastic. Uh, it's yeah. better grown than yes, to pay outright, but... It, it's a great, great emissary. Sometimes it, it uh, patience, you know, gets rewarded. Sometimes. Yeah, I've even waited. I've had the upgrade on this effigy before, and I've waited till turn four or turn five to actually grow this thing because it got so much use out of this out of activation interact. Okay, is this the one that like sets things on fire whenever you move, or is that the Dawn Star uh, Serpent? That's the Dawn Serpent. That's the Dawn Star. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, does, do you, either you know about this Carrion Effigy? I've ne- I, this one I've never seen on the table. I tried playing it once, um, but I used it to heal living models, not undead, and so I screwed up and had to restart. So no, I've only used it once. It, only... it seems like Aura of Decay might be the better thing on that card. Maybe for I could see a situation where you put Aura of Decay up and then you. Or sorry, hmm, actually that doesn't quite work. No, no. I thought you could do it opposite. It's literally for Seamus. I've never seen it anywhere else other than for Seamus. Why is it for Seamus? Because he can put a corpse in the midline, like, immediately from the beginning of the game. That's literally what I see everybody, including myself. Like, I, when I dabbled into Resurrectionist, I saw everybody do how that. Do you put, how do you put out a corpse? You fly, and then you drop the... the oh, you're the talking about the emissary. Well, yeah. Oh, we're, we're talking, you know, sorry, sorry. Still on the puppets. You keep jumping up. We got I'm one saying, more dang puppet to go. I'm saying the but you're right, Dixon, turns on into the... the emissary, and that's yes. it. That's literally okay. the only reason why you see the carrion. I'll never see it for anything other than turning into the carrion emissary. That's fair. Yeah, I, I have seen the emissary, never seen the puppet. Correct. Um, last one's the arcane effigy. Uh, it looks like it's fragile because it has these little candle stands and these little bitty metal arms, so I think... The model might break easily, but besides that, <laughs> I guess negation aura is okay. Uh, you can end a condition. Spell magic's good, if needed. Again, that's about an it. effigy I, to I really, hold it <laughs> and upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Every single time that I see the arcane one, is literally to turn into the Minotaur and just, like, the Minotaur, yeah. you know, what, what, is it, what is it that you say? Sega, Sega Dreamcast, somebody? Sega Dreamcast! <laughs> yeah, because he, he has, like, a really long charge, if I remember correctly, and on top of that, he also hits like a like a freight train. Yeah. All right. So Dixon, we uh, we have grown up our effigies into these massive emissaries. Right. Go go. So we have this doom bowl construct arcane emissary. So you said it kind of just. I mean, it has rush, so that's really good. But yep. and it has frenzy charge, so it can charge more than once. Yes. Um. So is this thing just punching you in the face for arcanists? Yeah, yeah. Every single time that I see the arcane effigy, it's literally for turn three. Oh, look! There's now a giant minotaur in the middle of the battlefield hitting you for six damage. 
and he can do that multiple times. Like it's it's kind of gross. So you're saying like so you'd go with your effigy, be like, I'm gonna maybe walk and concentrate, turn two, walk and concentrate, and then turn three, replace, and then go kill something with two focus on your big emissary. Yep. The the big investment there is you throw soulstone cash on it, and now you got uh, shove aside with a stone, and you're just wrecking. Through I would say shit. the the upgrade won't transfer when no you no if you hire if model. you straight hire the ten okay uh, not with the crack. So twelve yeah. points okay. of basically a henchman on crack. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's a thousand. It's, percent it's, true. it's armor one with regen one two, and it's stat five. So I mean, it's a pretty solid model. Yeah, and you throw yeah. negation aura up, and then you're just making your opponent just chuck cards just to cheat. That negation aura is so tough. Ugh. Yeah. Yes. Especially on a beefy model. Uh, usually yep. those auras are on before. dog shit models that you just takes one AP to delete. Yeah, so you have a fi- you have a big fat fifty mil and then three or three inch aura around that. It's a pretty massive area. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one action, this thing also like because this is the beauty of it. He can hang back, and for one action, he's threatening nine inches per action. Yeah. So it's super gross. Whenever he does decide to come out of the the woodwork, he he just like Kool Aid mans right through whatever he needs to. Is is there a master for Arcanist that you guys have noticed this being brought more with? My my mind populates with Mei Fang and Hoffman, I think, are the two I've seen this mostly with, but maybe you guys seen them with more. I've seen it with Colette one because you're able to teleport things up the board, you know, transfer yep. with the okay. marker or the doves. Um yep. and it's paired with uh several other things with Soulstone Cash. Uh not several, but him and the uh duet um and and you've got this space on the board of huge quantity that just wrecks shit it's it's rough to deal with yeah and with stones if you ever do pay the 12 points he is not easy to bring down and he'll heal right back up if you actually don't know take it down fast now a little side note of these emissaries uh just for newer players like me who and even nick's a little newer with this too uh, so it's something you'll see with these emissaries is they'll have alternate versions called avatars of something. So like the one I'm looking at right now is avatar of deception for this model. So in the past, Weird has done alternate sculpts that can count as your emissary, which I think are awesome because some of these sculpts are just pretty pretty sweet. The personal, but I didn't know that was a thing until recently. The personal favorite was I think he was called the Avatar of Invention. I may be wrong on that, or or Insight or something like that. It was the Ramos one. Is that the one where it's Ramos? That's yeah, okay. that was just the a Avatar giant of Invention. Spider. It was like it was like Doctor Octopus on crack. It was so cool. Yeah. So if you can get your hands on those, I don't know where, mm. but they look cool when you see them. Oh yeah. I, I personally have the the one for Resurrectionists. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think the idea of it is you can buy them individually, and when you bring the emissary for that theme of that crew, mm-hmm. you can bring out your avatar. Yep. So, like, this one, that looks like, uh, I'm guessing it's for Colette. It's a bunch of showgirls that are, like, pulling a rabbit out yep. of the hat. Yeah. It's like, the, that's a pretty cool one that I'd like to see the model yep. for. They, they made, basically, they made that into Colette 2. Colette 2 is basically the decoy master. But the okay. one that I was talking about was Seamus uh, as the Hulk for the Resurrectionist. Yeah, that one's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Nick, have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. I, I so they, just, yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, they had him in a Nightmare box with Bruce Campbell Seamus. Yeah. Oh, so it was Bruce, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Campbell Seamus in that one. It was hilarious. This is <laughs> my boomstick. It was awesome. <laughs> 
Looks better than that stupid crow raven monstrosity. Yes, I agree. All right, let's talk about the best emissary, though. Let's talk about the lucky right, emissary. Sorry. So, the lucky emissary will infuriate your opponent for days, and let me tell you why. So, as a Bayou player, one, it is stupid fast. It is an eight-movement model. Defense six, pretty decent. It's literally the fastest model in the game, just in base movement. It has make way, right? So, basically, whenever you go through things, they have to make a TN... I think it's a move 13 duel or you take two damage. Has trample, so you can go through stuff. It doesn't care about severe. This thing goes, right? <laughs> this is my go-to model when I want to get rid of markers. If you are playing against a crew that spits out and spews a ton of mon uh, markers, steamroller tactical action on the back of this card is going to win you games. One, even if there's no markers, the fact that you can push 12 inches and just scoot across the board and you know, roll over five of your opponent's models, pick up three markers. It's beautiful. So it's really easy to go off. You just need a four. And I think probably out of the game, so what, you have two actions. So you have 10 actions per game. Probably about five or six of those actions are just going to be steamrolling things. Yep. I mean, you're constantly working your way into, like, lining up three models. But, like, those three models, steamroll. Boom. It's got a decent attack. It's three, four, five, and it still has the lucky aura. So, if you want to bring it back into your crew, pop the aura up. That's something also that's still beautiful to do with this model. I mean, you can so, do it for himself. My, my too. favorite. It's hilarious. It's like you put it up for itself. Oh yeah. And then you just like, yeah. all right, off the top. <laughs> you didn't even have to cheat it. Yep, I agree. Oh, so funny. That is. That is a really weird one. I'm looking at the avatar of fate. Mm-hmm. And it's like this creepy girl next to a tree. I'm like, oh, this has got to be like a Zoraida thing. It is. It's Zoraida. Okay. That's that's why I That is not Zoraida. She looks hot. That's not a Zoraida. It's Zoraida when she was young. And she plowed Levy. Oh. Okay, listen. Wait, oh, she yeah. plowed we try to keep, Levy? We try to keep this oh, show, both we try to keep the yeah, show yeah. rated PG. Levy. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> Levy, when he was young, knew Zoraida. And, you know, that happened. <laughs> Hear that, Nick? If you play Levy, you're plowing Zoraida. No, it sounds like Zoraida's <laughs> plowing Levy, though. That's the thing. You know, I didn't know pegging oh, was a thing I in Malifaux. I mean, I guess. I, I had something I was going to say, but I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say Pump that. the brakes. It's fine. Try, I'm trying to be a good Christian. Leave me there alone. There we go. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Now, so, yeah, the, the Lucky Emissary, I was actually, I think this was the Students of Conflict I was actually listening to. Nick, the last one you guys did, apparently the Wong player got wrecked by the Pyre Markers. And I was just like, man, as a Bayou player, knowing that all that crap's there, that lucky emissary would have been slammed down and I would have ran over all the oh, yeah. But, you know, he... What's, what's the word I was going to say? He would be taking fire damage every single turn. That's a bad thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Pyre care. Markers are not assist, you, do, you can literally though. assist it off. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. With the action of the Lucky Emissary, it just says whatever marker you go over yes. gets removed. Oh, and destructible oh, terrain, which is important because right. barrels, yeah. barrels are destructible terrain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, and unless you, like, slam into a building, you're not stopping for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop. It just says remove every marker, so yeah, it's good. <laughs> but if you do, if you can't complete your 12-inch move because of terrain or whatever you take two damage so you do have to kind of keep that in mind uh, i'm sorry you take because you're going you're one damage armor yeah yeah sure <laughs> but you're going in a straight Small price line, to so pay it's for funny. a wicked ass yeah. tactical hell, hell yeah. yeah 
All right, so I guess going on to lesser uh, emissaries, we have the intrep. Uh, sorry, before I will say this as a Bayou player, you can bring the lucky emissary in any Bayou list, and it's fine. Yes, hundred percent. It's it's never bad. It's really what your opponent brings and what the board looks like. Yep. The lucky emissary is the main reason why I will not bring Masaki into Bayou. Really? Oh, f your shadow markers. Shadow markers. <laughs> uh, you know, unless the board's riddled with buildings and shit to stop. It just mm. tramples because I use shadow markers in order to teleport and get places and, and convert into markers, and right. that thing just a well-timed twelve-inch path. I'm screwed. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. If you if you pick up like three of Misaki's shadow markers, it's like, guess I'm gonna unbury next to Shang. Yeah. Question yes. mark. <laughs> yep. Two damage. Oh no. All right. So now we can talk. Now we can talk about the intrepid emissary. It, it used to be what some would call busted. Uh, it's a defense freaking seven emissary, and it it can give out shielding and it has take the hit, which is really good. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? It used to be brought all the time because of the aura courage was so good, but do you guys still like this? I I don't know how much. Uh, Explorer players are using it. This model is the reason why I threw Pandora at every single list that was uh, for a while. For a while, it was just like Intrepid Emissary. That means Pandora as an option. Because like, why did why was Pandora specifically good against the Intrepid? Because Pandora, everything Pandora does is basically willpower, and this thing is willpower. And it's five. willpower five. It's okay. literally the only way that I could deal with it. And don't get me wrong, I, you can use uh, Sorida, you can use anybody that does like willpower base, but Pandora was my go-to because of the stupid model. Because it was just almost gotcha. impossible to kill. Yeah, that's a great observation. So you thought, even if you if you even saw an Explorer player, you're like, I have to play Pandora. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Uh, Nick like looks at the strat, looks at the map. I look at the map and look at the faction. Because I, I feel that it's more important to like make sure that I can actually play the game. I don't know if that makes sure. sense. Uh, and that's also the the faction you're playing as. Uh, th that's that's most important to Neverborn is knowing what stats you're going to be going up against and 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 how that faction uh, plays as a whole. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a great approach. But yeah, this emissary. I mean, especially if it's grown, most likely it's got two focus on it, and with a two four six damage spread with sweeping strike pretty hefty you you've got some yep. play there um or of courage is always good and then i've got your back take the hit combo with a mm -hmm. defense seven if you have stuff that like a cooper or even mccabe yeah. shooting like th this thing can protect it i mean it's a hefty investment but once it's there it, it's going to be protecting stuff yeah no, this thing <laughs> is solid it's it's really really hard to remove it by normal means yeah there's been very uh, I the games that I tried to kill it, I had to dedicate way too much to try and do that. Yeah. So I, I agree. This thing, if you think that somebody's going to try to alpha you, or if you're trying to play Cooper and you're trying to shoot stuff, mm. this is probably a really good model to bring. And now I, I want to also like go back real quick to the spear thing. This model can yeah. do damage. So if you want to spend the, the two face cards to actually do the six to six seven damage like that, yeah, fine. But do not expect this model to actually do damage if you're just flipping cards. Yeah. Like, if you're hoping for luck, he'll do, like, maybe two to four damage. But mm -hmm. if you're going yeah. in with a plan, this thing can fuck up somebody. Like, yep. just ruin yeah, somebody's it, day. And a good example of that, especially if you're a newer player, really having a focus when you are 
wanting to be like, I need to do this much damage to the model. Like I want to get to the high end or I need to do moderate. Mm. Getting to a point where it's like, okay, I'm going to need a focus and I need a high card and then I need a moderate to guarantee I can do four damage. At the very least. And that came up, yeah, that came up in our game. You only had one hit point left on a Soulstone Miner, Dixon, today. Right. And you had a shield on it, so I needed to do three damage to kill this thing. Correct. So that's why when I activated Terra, she has a 2-4, I think 5 attack. Right. And I was like, I need to hit the moderate right. to kill this thing. So I'm going to focus first. I'm going to concentrate use the focus, take a swing. I had a 13 in my hand, so I knew yep. basically as long as I didn't black joker it, this thing was yeah. dead. It was like, I need to hit this thing. So yeah, it's like, all right, can I, you, and you planned it out. Like you said, it's like you, yeah. you use two cards out of your hand to actually be able to deal with the problem. Now, well, I didn't have to use two because I flipped a moderate on the damage, but I, I was ready to. Correct. So this model is not like, for example, when we were talking about the Arcane Emissary. Arcane Emissary you just charge things yeah. and he will fucking get something. Robot punch people. Minimum damage three, <laughs> two inch reach, top end of six. He has galvanized and he has ways to actually like go through things. Perfect model for that. This one, you yep. have to plan it through. So again, this, this is not an OP model, but he is annoying to kill this shit. Yeah, so, and once again, that's kind of what we're starting to notice with all these emissaries, really, that there's a specific purpose for them. Mm. And they're going to fit better in some crews than others. But honestly, the Emissary, I feel like if you just want something to protect your crew, it doesn't matter what keyword you are in Explorers. Bring this model. It'll help protect your crew. It'll fend them off a little bit. And pro I, I was going to say it's probably the coolest Emissary, but actually a lot of the Emissary models are freaking cool. Yeah, they look amazing. Um, but, but this one's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a lion with a giant, you know, shield. a tower shield. Yeah. yeah. So and a spear. it's cool. It's very Spartan yeah, looking. Spear, very, yeah. I, I can't decide if it's uh, Spartan or Roman Legion, but I like it. It's probably more Roman Legion, but... I think you're right. I'm a history guy. So I'm right. I can tell you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> All right. Flex on you real so, quick. Brutal Emissary. We talked about it a little bit with Nick. I mean, what else can you even add? Because, like, honestly, this thing is a tank. That's my experience against it. Mm-hmm. It, it really just survives in the middle terrifying. of the battlefield. It's got terrifying. That's good, too. Well, terrifying he, he's kind of hard to deal with directly because he has, like, defense six, terrifying, hard to kill, crowd control, and Move can six. heal himself. Like, it's, yeah. That fast, too. Yeah. I mean, but granted, his greatsword, if you want to use it, I've seen people waste, like, a whole bunch of cards. I don't know. That's been my experience against I don't know about you guys. Um, I've played the, I played the Emissary before, and I hadn't had great success with it. Right. Um, so I'll defer to you on this one, Nick. I, I, I rarely see it on the table. I think there's better options uh, in Guild. I don't think it serves a certain purpose that um, are not answered elsewhere in keywords, uh, especially the keywords I play. So I know the models. Getting that little guy in that cage was a pain in the ass. Uh, assembling the model. I, I ruined my first emissary. Photon just said, Photon had said exactly what you just did, where I feel like every guild player I see loves the model and wants it to do stuff, but it doesn't quite do enough for the 10 stones, right. I think. He lacks, it's not focused enough. Yeah, he survives. I will give it that. because yeah. like I've He seen lives. It, yeah. He lives on the table. <laughs> right. No, 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 but that's important because two-inch reach is nothing to sneeze at. Right. No, yeah. And, so maybe yeah. maybe in, like, uh, what's that? Guard the stat? Is it? No, it's um, covert ops. He can maybe engage somebody so that way they can't score their yeah. points. But also, Fair. the guild has a lot of versatile options, and even out of keyword options that are just 
better suited for most crews. The uh, the Lone yeah. Marshal serves so many purposes and gets so much action efficiency that that if if you need to bring in ten stones of out of keyword model, that's better option in most keywords than this emissary. Yeah, unfortunately. And yeah, I think so. Even if, say, for example, because there's a trick that somebody was telling me is using Domadors, the Tamers, mm-hmm. to yes, I've seen that to obey him, and I'm like, well, why don't you just do that with the Pale Rider? Isn't the Pale Rider <laughs> better? Spend like spend like what is the pale rider one more stone is that no what it is? actually 13 stones so I, that was actually oh, they are, yeah. they are 13, so they said sorry. if you're gonna bring the pale rider you might as well instead bring the emissary because the emissary is basically three stones cheaper and it, i was like i kind of saw that logic there again i don't play the faction because it's not bad like it's not terrible right like yeah it's solid the attack's decent i think if i was gonna bring it for extra attacks and crap right i think i would want to see the great sword be three four six instead of three four five but i get that's the base thing for all great swords so well it's not so much that is he doesn't have a way to boost the damage like like critical strike and that's the big one the only way i could see it and is maybe if you had some hazardous terrain maybe using knock aside to you know knock somebody into it for the extra point of damage i see what you're saying um so maybe if you were doing like sonia or Maybe if there's hazardous terrain on the board, or you know something like that. Well, even that. look at the well, two things. I'm just spit, I'm look at the, uh, the the card, the 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 model itself, the picture of this guy. Right. He he should have. I think if you added some mechanic where he was able to get coffin markers out, now that Guild has access to those, I think that would right. be an even better bonus op- action um, than his aura of vengeance. Something of hey, okay. kick out two and six inches to at least clog a lane up. I, I was, I mean, based on the information that you gave me, I figured if you, like, take away Heave and Sweeping Strike and you give him, uh, not Critical Strike, but, like, something, you know, something to, to put fire on people or to be able to hit people that are buried. Even though, oh, even, yeah. what's that? There's a trigger, it's a crow trigger where you can do, like, two damage to yourself to do plus two damage. Like, that would be cool. Oh, yeah. So, the... Yeah, I, something. I see what you're saying. Some, something to spike a little bit more. A chronic yeah, decay? Because yeah. I think it's... He, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And he's undead, so it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Entropic, yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, he's lacking synergy with keywords. So if you give it fire, he's automatically now better with uh, Sonia. Sonia. And if you give it the ability to hit things that are buried, he's now, you know, good with uh, marshals as well. At least you have I mean, two I keywords. Think, I think... If you just look at fluff-wise and what this model looks like, it has a casket. It's like, make it better with Sonya. Yeah. And make it where it has something that works a little bit with more crews as well. Right. But I, I think Sonya is just a natural fit place where this probably would work best. I think this would get a lot more play if they gave it gravity well and hostile work environment. Hopefully Weird's listening. That <laughs> is super broken. It's an I mean, undead I and a loveless. Could, I don't think you could give it all of it. I think no, they're I know, saying I know. one of these extra no, things. No, no, no. Send subliminal mean, messages. But I think if you I, upgraded crowd control from, yeah. to hostile work environment, I think you'd get a lot more play out of the Brutal. Uh, you just, absolutely would see it more on the table. Holy shit. I, do, I don't think Guild has access to hostile work environment, no. so that might be interesting, actually. That would be the answer. If you want to see this thing, the problem is you probably see it too much. Yeah, that, and then it'll get Yasunori. Yeah, but there, but there's you. You say that, but there's some crews that like don't have to interact with. Like their models can act independently, so that's not as bad. That's fair. 
That's fair. Like if I was playing, if I if you had if you had hostile work environment and I was playing Terra, mm-hmm. and actually it it didn't come up a ton when you did bring sparks, but even then it it was something I didn't need to really address it. Yeah. You can be like, okay, I'm just not going there, right. or oh, I'm just gonna bury sparks, and or I'm gonna kill sparks. Sparks <laughs> has two jobs though. He brings that, and he brings uh, all my scraps are pit traps. Oh. Yeah, I know. Sparks is sparks a great model. Hell yeah, it makes life so much better for my entire crew. I love. Speaking them. of uh, speaking of great models that Dixon loves, we have the mysterious emissary. Hell yeah, I think it's busted. So <laughs> you think he's busted? I'm joking. Uh, the I think uh, you heard it. Nerf him. Nerf oh, him. Shut him. <laughs> the disparate level in power. I think between he's the really effigy. good in this GG. Though. No, the effigy. I think this GG is good. I, he's what I'm trying to say is like effigies to emissaries. There's a few that are just like completely worthless effigy wise. This is one of them. I <laughs> no reason whatsoever <laughs> to use the effigy for anything other sure. than turn it into an emissary. And I know there's other gotcha. ones like that, but I just I don't play them enough to be able to tell you this one's one of those. Yeah, but since you brought it up before we get into the actual emissary, because you kind of are we've been alluding to this. Yeah, yeah. How often has your opponent been able to kill your effigy before it could grow into the emissary? Uh, usually they are playing uh from Texas meta. That's literally <laughs> the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, does your does your meta just rip apart your effigies before they grow? Yeah, out? that's usually target number one. Yeah, and it's a dive uh, in melee or load load up and hit it with range. Um, it's like Jurassic Park where the goat comes out, and then the girl's like, "Where's yeah, the goat?" Yeah, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> I, I've been I've, I've been victim to it so many times, and you know these players think two or three turns ahead, so they know how to get past that hard to kill. And they know what trigger they need. Sure. They get that card that they need, and then all of a sudden, you think it's safe. And no, I can see around it, and its size one is not hidden, and he's dead. Just, fuck. Okay. Yeah, that's so true. I would say when whenever I bring the upgrade, I you usually have to play conservatively with your effigy, right? Because any good player is going to try to kill that. And actually, I've used it as bait before. I've gotten Dixon with it one time where he's dove on it. And then I made that model pay pretty good. And I used, uh, actually used Von Schill to, I've got your back to bring it back out. And then I used like Eric or somebody to punch whatever it was in the face. So you can use it as bait, yep. but you better have a way to get it to safety. Otherwise it's going to die. Yeah. It was candy when I was playing Titania. It was pretty sad. Okay. Like I threw, t- like, I got it. Yeah, I threw candy <laughs> at it. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you don't. And she died. <laughs> so, so Dixon, go ahead and talk about your uh, mysterious emissary. This one, I think, like I was saying, right. I think it's really good in this GG. So go ahead and just tell us a little bit how you, because you, I think you use this model really well. Thank you. I just abuse terrain as much as I possibly can. If you're going to play this model, you really, really need to bait your opponent to put in models in terrain. That's what happened to you. Well, that's the thing, you know, uh. Dixon, you've, you've, played the emissary into me before and i believe he brought it into even with a pandora and every condition it would do a damage you would move me and then it would do another damage with the hungry lands it was a constant uh it was ping damage on crack yes this this emissary the whole purpose of it yeah my favorite part about it is that it's like i hit you you get damage from the attack. You get damage now because you got staggered, and then you get damage again because of the terrain. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna pull you on the next attack. It's just, I, I, I love it for killing models that are hard to kill, 
because it's not one source of damage. It's like three sources of damage. Yep. And and all damage is it's some one damage is gonna go through. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. But like, he's not flashy. He doesn't do something heinous like the you know the the arcane emissary fucking smashing two and like doing six damage like twice in a row, or the fucking the the uh, we just talked about it the one from Explorer Society being an unkillable god slain monster just mm-hmm. in the middle of the table. Like this one is yep. very card efficient. He doesn't use up things like oh Foden says Dixon. Do you see that model being played in most Nevermore crews? No. I see it in Titania, and that's it. Personally, I use it in Titania. I use it in um, Swamp Fiends, and I use it in uh, Woes. Uh, the main reason for all three is it has synergy with a Kurgan. Kurgan is just so busted good with him because you you have a nine-inch bubble, or not nine-inch, sorry, eight-inch bubble of severe terrain mm-hmm. with concealment on a very sturdy base because he's armor too, the Kurgan. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this enemy model that the Kurgan charge is inside of your terrain. I'm going to shoot it, and you can't defend against it. The amount of times that I've used a six or a seven of tomes to just, like, bamboozle an entire, you know, like, two or three models out of an enemy crew. I love that model. Yeah. 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 Uh, even the uh, roots from below getting uh, your opponent suffering negatives uh, uh, when they're in severe terrain. There's just nothing you could do about it. It's just you're gonna yeah. get hit for two, three, three. You're gonna most likely because you're on negatives. You, you know, you the player is gonna throw that ram in there and, and start moving things. And uh, quicksand is a huge freaking uh, trigger in the right yes. circumstances. It's uh, I've seen that emissary with great effect in, like you said, Titania, but also uh, swamp fiends with really right. great effect, getting obeyed, and then the constant. Uh, uh, it, it was it was brutal. I saw, and this is funny, I saw Maeve abuse the Mysterious Emissary with um, the Doppelganger and the Kurgan. Because the Kurgan would do the aura, and then both the Doppelganger and the Emissary would start shooting root from below. Oh, jeez. And the Doppelganger, yeah, see, like, it's the one, once you see it in your head, you're like, Jesus, take the wheel, what the hell? <laughs> anyway, so, Photon, how do you use it in WoW? In WoW, you have a four-point model called Liza's. Lysas do extra damage whenever somebody gets staggered. And if you want to use the quicksand, if you like um, using Teddy, um, Baby Cade has the aura to do damage with slow. And if you're using Pandora 1, Pandora can do it on any condition. So if they get staggered, Pandora can do damage. If they get slow, Pandora can do damage. And it's fairly easy to actually set it up once you start practicing with the Emissary and the Kurgan. You can use both of them in Pandora, and the amount of conditions that they both put out, beautiful. Just beautiful. I, I love this model. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to ask the specific question, so. Yeah, he and did. I, I, can, I, I can attest that uh, getting, you know, roots from below into the stupid... Because I forgot that the Emissary put out those lands hunger freaking crap, where it's like, oh, look, it's severe hazardous terrain. Yep. Oh, now I'm going to pull you into him yep. and throw you around, yep. and it it's not good. I mean, if you do it right, <laughs> like when we were playing, you can make explosions happen in the middle of an enemy crew. So awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then you get a very similar situation to that uh, Wong player in, in that latest episode that got released <laughs> for Nick's podcast, where your, your whole crew is in the middle of all these markers that are doing damage to you, that you're moving slow through, yeah. and 
if you don't uh, if you don't have an answer for it, you're just that game's you, done. You know, I know yeah. they got rid yeah. of uh, what was Pandora used to have the action in two E where it, you just couldn't activate. Uh, paralyze. Paralyze. This yeah. emissary almost paralyzes you, giving you staggered, giving you slow, and sticking you in a uh, uh, severe terrain. That is basically I... being paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, no, that happened to Shut Pete. Up. I just remember Shut that. Talos was up one life, and Pete activates, and he's like, I'm just not going to move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Talos is done. I'm going to make you kill him. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to kill him if you want him dead. And I'm like, all right, fine. I activate this four-point model and kill it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. the And the Masters that I think Dixon likes, Titania specifically, and uh, Pandora, it was pretty good for you. Right. And I can, pro- I can see it because after I've seen the way that you've used it, Dixon, you could almost put it in a lot of crews and it's just kind of doing its own thing. Yes. But obviously the models that can displace back into its hazardous severe terrain are going to be the ones that are stronger. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if there's any other crews. And honestly, outside of um, Lucas, uh, I'm having trouble. Because, like, Lucas is the only... Uh, I say Lucas, sorry. Uh, Lucius. Lucius. Outside of Lucius, I really... Lucius 2, specifically, I can't see anybody else use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's one of the few ranged options, even though it's not a lot of range, right? I mean, it's 8 Correct. inches doing some damage and having some close... Yep. It's also not a gun, though, so it's also it not gets a gun. around some of the problems. Yeah. yeah. It's not a gun. It ignores concealment, and it puts your ne- your opponent in negatives. Like, it's really good. Oh. If they're in the terrain, yeah. I, I mean, just if you're bringing it, you have a plan for the terrain. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that's something that you, you probably will have set up, but you're going to have to set up or wait for them to be in terrain. Correct. Correct. I mean, in real life, how many times have you ever seen a forest on the table that's like a little too big? A, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and it happens often, and that's the main reason why I like bringing. I mean, honestly, if there's a river that goes across the board. You could just be like, cool, bro. That's severe terrain. So beautiful. Sweet. All right. I love the Mysterious, but we need to move on to yeah, so MVP, all, best this... model of all the emissaries. Come on now. It's got to be Hodgepodge, right? Yeah. The it's Hodgepodge emissary. It. Like, it's literally the best. This, well, yeah. this is funny because a lot of people say that the Hodgepodge is super good. Yeah. But in the Outcast community, it's super divided. Some people think it's overrated, and other people think it's MVP people, status. Yeah, people say it's overrated because people that win tournaments constantly go, man, I won this tournament because of the hodgepodge. Because it happens constantly. I don't know how many times I've heard the story. It's like, well, I needed to stop my opponent from getting to the thingy, so I just chucked some junk at it and gave him slow. Or I like throwing junk. I needed to put a ski marker at X place, so I just did my bonus action, and then I had it. Or... Yeah. Do you want your six movement model to be a seven movement model? That's another thing. Or do you like your models having regen? Yep. Except for it's not regen. So if you have regen, you'll get an additional plus one. Yep. When you activate next to this thing. Yep. And also, do you like throwing ski markers and having extra movement out of activation? And then finally, hey, do you like a super sweet healer that gives out upgrades? Boom. Nah, nah <laughs> the, the upgrades is, oh my God, it's so disgusting. I remember something that I did back when, this is way, way back in the day, so I'm pretty sure you can still do it. I remember charging my own model, I think it was Hamlin, teleporting him to the opposite side of my my Hotchwatch Emissary, then using my zero action to move it three more inches, and then just giving him an upgrade. 
and healing him so, at the same time. Yep. I remember that. So I'll, let me let me break this down a little bit here. So the hodgepodge is a one, two, three, or a two, three, four healer, depending on that. But that's not the if you're only bringing him for that, just bring the effigy. You don't need that. Correct. But if you want to do more interesting things, yeah. Uh, if leave if leave your mark is in the pool, that's usually a good hodgepodge effigy pool because you can usually score that pretty easy. Yeah. But the two upgrades, there's three of them. There's two upgrades that are really good with the hodgepodge. So pretty floral bonnet used to be better uh, in the previous edition because yeah. it gave you don't mind me. Right. That's not as an import as important now because you can do most of the interacting even if you're engaged when you need to. Uh, so you don't need that one as much. The t- big two are Vitality Potion, which gives a model regen uh, plus one. Yes. So you put that on a beater, and the rest of the game, they're just healing as they kind of go along. Yep. But the one that really starts to get dirty is Memento. So if you uh, use Memento to um, put on... I've used this to effect by putting it on, like, Mad Dog, and I'll do... Dead man walking activation. I'll ping some models, move them around. And then I'm like, cool. Now I'm going to go ahead and discard a card because I'm within six of Mad Dog. And then Mad Dog's going to activate and blast the crap out of you. Yep. Yeah. So Companion is a true thing. If you can have Companion to hand out to a model in the middle of a game, mm-hmm. oh, you can, you can warp the trajectory of that or, game. Or you do like... Hey, I just beat the crap out of something with Eric and Von Schill. Right. Now let me go ahead and activate Hannah. Yeah. Pow! I've killed three models. What was that two story? We did a an episode where we were talking about a tournament and, and double masters were used, and somebody was like, I activate the Vickies or a Victoria 2, and then. And then activate the Levy. And I activate Levy, and it was just like. Yeah, Whoa. so that was. I think that was. That might have been the Houston GT. I think somebody use the Vicky's 2 to catapult Levy 2 with this upgrade like, yes. up super far. Yeah. Guess what prize And then we're like, cool. Now I'm going to discard this and now Levy's going to activate and kill this model yeah. you love. After fishing cards yeah. out with all the tools from the job tools for the job models out of the Levy crew. Yep. Yeah, that's brutal. There's yeah, a trick the, uh, with that. That's impressive. Yeah. When you see it, but once you know what the hodgepodge does and you see what you've seen it once, you kind of can can do it mm. but it just gives you that other option where it's like you know i'm just going to put this on a model and there might be a point in a game where i really want to kill something and this will help yeah. me do it yeah i mean there's there's a couple of like things also with the and hot- that trigger is built in by the way so you can just <laughs> give it give an upgrade out Straight as long up. as you get the i six. just need a six and then after that gg no re well yeah yep. uh weird interactions of the hot push does one, it counts as two different sources of healing for Barbaros. So there's return models that whenever somebody gets healed or overhealed, something triggers. Barbaros yeah. with that upgrade, he now triggers twice. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he can be, Lovely. you know, with, with Barbaros from like turn three and on. Yippee. Like there's a whole bunch of can little you, things. Can you, can you use a regen ability twice? I thought since it was the same thing, you can't benefit it's from It's not it. regen. Well, the healing droughts. Barbaros has... Yeah, and Barbaros has also Brute Fighter. So you have Healing Drought, uh, Brute okay. Fighter, and Regen 1. And all three of them trigger differently. So whenever you overheal, yeah. it would trigger somebody for the return models. Yeah, I got yeah, I got you. It's dumb. I'm just trying to figure out like there's there's gotta be something else for other factions. Uh the the most common thing that I've seen uh with it is just the wary road abuse the, the scheme marker for the bandits or for 
just XYZ, pick a model, fucking even Hamlin gets to abuse a stupid ski marker. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things where it is ten soul stones, so don't just be using it as a healer. Use it for the upgrades, use it for the healing, right. use it for dropping scheme markers, use it for putting slow on models, that way they can't come into your crew as heavy, use it for the extra movement and the ping healing. There's a ton of things that you want to be using this for, so. Um, but it is a support emissary, it's not a beater emissary. It's not going to do a crap ton of damage, It's it can pick something off, but this one's mainly supporting whatever your crew's doing. Yep. I mean, Nick, would you you agree? I'm assuming that you agree with the assessment. That it's like the best emissary in the game. Oh, 100%. You know, even when we were yeah. going through and I was like, man, that arcane emissary is damn good. And oh, yeah, the Lucky's probably the best. The Intrepid's probably yeah. the best. And But going into this conversation, I knew the Hodgepodge was the best. That that has the <laughs> most we, use yeah. and the access to win conditions than any of the other uh uh, emissaries in the game. I think you'll I think you'll see it more than any other emissary yes. in the game. Yeah. And the funny thing is like you don't see him in every list, but whenever you see no. him, he makes an impact that's so great. He does something. <laughs> yeah. He does something. Everybody will remember the game. Well that was well that was the game that we played Pandora against Von Schill where Dixon was like, Yeah, the emissary won you the game. Otherwise I would have just kind of rolled your crew up. Uh, Titania. Titania. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think we need to play again because, like, the type, the Pandora game, you you rage quit like round bottom of round two or something like that. You're like, I'm fucking done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was well, that was terror two and stupid things were happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't happy. Right. But uh, so next we got the uh, got the carrying emissary. I mean, we, we talked about it. This one's purely for probably the uh, worst. putting out the coffin putting out the coffin markers and stuff and that's only going to work for what uh uh Seamus shooting McGee there yeah. yeah it's probably the worst in the game but I tell you what think about it I've seen or of decay wreck crews yes that inability to heal or reduce damage with soul stones is mm-hmm. rage inducing on a Damien two level, if if you don't know if you don't know about it, it's it's a yeah, problem. Right. If you do know about it, then it's like okay, yeah. But you can kind of select who you want to murder in that in that game. You get that up and you go after that sure. henchman, and you know if if the stars align, you are screwed. But I guess that can kind of happen yep. with anything yep. if the stars align perfectly with some of these abilities. But I've been, I've been I think. I think it's a lot for a 10 stone. You could just bring the effigy at that point and just use the effigy for that same ability. He's just going to yeah. die. No. But also min three <laughs> from effigy, range is good yeah. too, though, because, uh, you know, the 8-inch stat 6, 3-3-4 uh, with blast, putting out injured. Um, if this thing didn't die as easy as it usually does because people go after it right away, um, right. and it's not a 12-inch gun, it's an 8-inch gun, um, it has some play. It really does, but it's usually gone by turn three. That's the big issue. Yeah, that's literally the big issue. He doesn't have any armor. If you have a way to deal with the uh, terrifying twelve, he yeah. he just dies. Yeah, yeah. If his coffin if his coffin markers were height three, to where at least it gave him cover, it might change things and skew things a little bit differently. But right, it doesn't. You can't really control line of sight with those markers too well. The thing is, that if I remember correctly, he got changed uh, fairly early in the change to M3. Because mm-hmm. the, the gun didn't used to be a gun, and the beak used to be uh, range 1. 
and the, those two changes made it so that basically he's no longer a beater and people are upset and like it just it never recovered it never recovered from those two changes yeah yeah, yeah. Th- that beat needs to be a range one uh being range yep. zero it just gets stalled and having the gun so you're stuck if you're yep. in one inch melee or two inch you're screwed it could be it could be range zero on the beak as long as the gun wasn't a gun. Right, hundred percent. I was gonna say I, I was gonna actually just say that, Dixon. I think if Rotten Rend was just a eight inch just attack, right, it would be better. Correct. Um, okay, so last one that we have is the Shadow Emissary. So buckle up if you like Dragon Ball Z. This is your uh, this is your yeah. emissary. And to specify earlier, this is the one with the dragon fire that I was talking about. I thought it was gonna be the Dawnstar Star but it's not. It's this is the one. If you move this okay. thing, if you have a, if oh, you figure fire. out a way to move it every single, yeah, exactly. Because Dragon's Fire is super annoying when you get it between like two or three models. Yeah, twelve move, twelve move duel or take two, uh, take two damage. Yeah, on all enemies, it's so annoying. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Putting out those TNs, uh, I use Shadow Emissary with uh, old school McCabe, and yep. especially with all of the movement duels and all the TNs. You start chewing through cards and hands with just typical stuff, like and then all the shockwaves that this guy does. But this shadow emissary being move six, terrifying, agile, which is huge. Flight, yeah. yep. Agile is a big deal. Um, yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hypermobile. Will willpower seven. Willpower seven. Yep. Uh, hello, so, Pandora. We just yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yep. But we just talked about a model that was terrifying twelve. And he dies to a stiff breeze. The the agile. I just want to point out the reason why he's saying agile is important is because the agile is the reason why he survives. Mm-hmm. The other one is and move and move six correct. and fly. Well, yeah. The other one is move six as well. But the fact that he's not agile, you put him in melee and he's just done. This one, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's like oh, you put me in melee, you did some damage to me. Fucking out of here! Out of I'm here. twelve inches away, baby. Exactly, exactly. And you know he's got a min three uh, range one attack, which is good. You know, but solid. The bonus actions here are probably some of the best in the game right now. Uh, with it, it, especially in cer- certain circumstances, you know, it's got the same thing as the effigy uh, with the uh, uh, concealment aura. But mm-hmm. the other option is let's chuck your entire hand and redraw what you just chucked. Uh, so you can card cycle pretty hefty. Um, and then there's a trigger to uh, make your opponent, and you also, uh, I think it's something like you put your discard, shuffle it back into your deck, and then drop to the same amount or something along those lines. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. being able to cycle, cycle those cards, you, there's certain circumstances where you get crafty and you can really charge something, use your big cards, and then cycle out the rest of your four or five cards uh, I've I've had great success with him in uh, McCabe, Asami Cruz, uh, hmm. uh, getting that out, and, and uh, uh, even Masaki as well. That extra uh, arcane reservoir helps are you, draw. Are you talking about the the trigger? Yeah. Or is that just the trigger as crap? well? So you do the trigger occasionally. Yeah, if it makes sense. I'm trying to think if I've ever really needed to. I mean, I think if you notice that your opponent maybe stoned for some cards or if you think they just drew a bunch of cards and they might have discard a moderate and you're like oh man they have a stacked ha- you know hand go ahead and take oh. the trigger and then yeah actually yes i have used it with great success uh one of our local players that i played often used brin heavily to, to calculate. calculate the next action i would 
Ooh, that's that's dirty. That's so yeah. dirty. Yeah, that that's that's one of the reasons why. Or or if you're good at not counting cards, but knowing the strength of each other's hands and, and what's in the discard pile and sure. kind of assessing that comes into handy. Uh, but yeah. uh, or knowing if you have a black joker within like four cards at the back of your hand, uh, back of the draw pile, then you definitely use it. But uh, yeah, I, I just I think the big thing is just how flexible this emissary is because you can do some damage. You can even a shockwave, which shockwaves don't seem like a big deal, but if you have something like the dispatcher and you're like, I want to try to kill that, shockwaves are a great way to do that for random totems like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but the concealment plus if you get the ram, you can pulse out a one point of healing, which is good. And then, like you said, the prophecies. This is just, it's probably the most flexible emissary, I feel, which is kind of the 10 Thunder stick. It kind of is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I, I, often see it paired with a dawn serpent because it's also agile flight move seven um and they're both durable and they can just travel the board uh it's another access to a dragon that ultimately doesn't fit on its base it's probably the worst (laughs) egregious use of a a 50 mil base that i've seen uh i've seen the dawn serpent basically take a beating from like a like a like a bruiser go down to like one life activate and heal off of everybody that caught on fire. Yep. Because you can't, you you can choose to discard cards out of your hand, but all of a sudden it's like this is a terrible idea. And then he just flies away. Yep. Because he's agile. Yeah. And he's fast as fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Huggy. You know, Huggy can dive in, do some damage, and then use the bonus to heal off of, you know, other people's stuff that's already on their models. It's the same thing. Yep. You know, you're healing one per enemy model within six on the Dawn Serpent, not the Emissary. So, yeah, it's very... Right, right, right. I would like... Yeah, so... And another good point to just what the Shadow Emissary does for that, and also itself, right. is if you have hard-to-kill models like the Emissary is with itself, mm-hmm. I mean, that Storm of Shadows and the fact that you can pulse out one point of healing, that can bring you above the hard-to-kill level. Correct. So that's something to keep in mind with your models if you have some hard-to-kill stuff yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. you're right, because that's it's, not a it's, pulse, it's an aura, so it includes himself. Yeah. Yep. Right. So it's a, what should we call it, a four of RAM. That's good. Not yeah, a you bad just need thing. a four and a RAM. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not bad. Uh, that being said, I don't see it as often as I think I should. Why is that? Because people hate Dragon Ball Z. Uh, shush. I mean, we have a <laughs> guy that actually plays a faction. Why would you not bring him? So... The thing is, is he's not, I mean, he's a min three beater, but there's a lot of versatile, cheaper min three with higher top ends in uh, uh, 10 Thunders. So in GG2, it was all about destroy, destroy, destroy. And then with GG3, with the addition of uh, uh, Malifaux Burns models and all the titles, he's kind of gotten, you know, shelved for a lot of things. There's better models and better things that are in place. I mean, the Lone Marshal okay. alone, not Lone Marshal, the Lone Swordsman does some hefty work when it comes to destroy, but this is a 10 stone mm-hmm. uh, uh, model that can kind of flex between multiple purposes that the Dawn Serpent kind of can serve as well. Um, the real kicker here is having the uh, the bonus action to cycle your cards, which can sometimes even hurt you if you've got a handful of like moderates and you're hoping to spike up um right or you have that 113 and like you know four or five uh mod to uh, mins and then you you draw into uh you know a bunch of mins and mods and you kind of work your way down uh, it's a gamble uh but he is good uh but yeah. i think 
because it's Ten Thunders, there are unfortunately better options when okay. it comes to versatile. Yeah, I think it comes down to shaving points, and unless I think unless you come into a situation where you think he's going to check like two or three boxes that you're going to need that game. Right. So if I was at a point where it's like, okay, I'm going to need, you know, maybe I'm going to need some concealment because I think they're bringing guns. Okay, that's one thing. Maybe I'm also going to need something to kind of move in and out of combat. Okay, that's another thing. And then finally, maybe you're like, oh, and then also I might, you know, need to kind of fix my hand a little bit because this crew doesn't maybe draw as well. Yeah. Uh, So I think think if there's a couple things you need and he checks that, you bring them. And then other times you're like, okay, I need this in this game. I don't need the 10-stone option. I need the 6-stone option. And I see this more often with the effigy and upgrade than I do others because the effigy offers so much benefit to a flanker or to even like in a standard or not necessarily wedge but like a flank deployment you can right you can kind of have your module of your clump of modules going one direction that can help support and then turn three it grows and then it's off to the races yep it's a giant fuck off dragon yeah uh, move focus move focus and then it's a move six with agile and hard to kill and terrifying with two focus and two focus Yep. You could do what you want at that point. So you could be like, okay, we won the fight on this flank, turn into the emissary, fly off, score breakthrough yep. or something. And because of flight, <laughs> he can charge, do the um, the AOE thingy for the two damage, and on top of yep. that, the do damage to you. Like, I, I can see it. I can definitely see the power for this guy, but, like, I, I'm just shocked that I don't see him more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen him. I, I think he's, like, probably the middle like i i see him at like four out of ten games yeah well the people that you play against don't like dragon ball z i don't know what to tell you no i mean nick said a very important thing about it it's just there's other models in the faction there is because then thunders is like we said before because i even when i was playing yeah. it it's like you you go out of keywords so often yeah. there's so many yeah. options there's so many answers in that faction it's so dumb so we got through all these emissaries and effigies and the like. Uh, I think one, no matter what faction you're playing, I would recommend picking up your emissary, yep. if especially if you're a hobbyist. Uh, so it's going to do stuff in the game, especially if you're doing like, hey, I'm going to get the whole faction. Right. Pick it up because it's going to do something for one of your masters. Yep. And then two, it's kind of just a centerpiece of your army usually, your your faction, I should say. It's one of those models that sticks out. Even even the hodgepodge, it's this huge donkey. backpacks of just sitting on this tiny donkey and then the old dude on top. And it's just, it's so flavorful. It's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. Fun it's fun to look the at. Most and hideous model. The worst thing to assemble and paint. I, really? I, I won't do it. No. Mine's still I on sprue behind t- me. There's tons of little pots and pans uh, and baskets oh. and stuff. I guess I'm alone. It is kind of a mess. I'm alone in thinking that this model looks hideous. <laughs> what the hodgepodge? Yeah, it, it, I love it, dude. The dude's just this old, just squirrely dude, just riding along on his donkey. He looks like a dumb donkey. I mean, it's not as cool as the uh, Lucky emissary. I think, as far as cool factor, I think the Lucky emissary looks the freaking coolest with yeah. that wooden wheel. And just mm-hmm. looking at it, you could probably guess that it moves twelve inches in a turn. Uh, a correct yeah. uh, action. I, out of experience, I had to stop myself from using the the Lucky emissary so much because it felt like a clutch. Mm. Like a, a crutch, sorry. Like I was just like constantly going for him first because it came in clutch. That's why he, he wins <laughs> games randomly. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm gonna steamroll over here and start scoring points. I 
I actually think the Brutal Emissary is the coolest looking model. I agree. I painted that thing up, and I think some people hate it just because the cage dude is a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> But it looks the coolest once you got it together and painted. So I like it. You could also just choose not to put the guy in the cage. Uh, just saying. I don't know. I think Just have an, just have an empty cage, and you're just kind of chasing people around like, get yeah. in here. Uh. He does look badass. I'm not going to lie. Uh, personal, he was my favorite up until the Intrepid came out. I don't know what it is. I just love the the look, the Roman look. That model was surprisingly hard to paint. I had to paint Nick's up, and it's okay to make look decent, but it's hard to make look good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nick can critique my paint job. I guess, <laughs> hey, but. <laughs> I asked for tabletop quality. To be honest, I haven't even put those models on the table yet, which is crazy because I have that whole fact. That's why you drive your wife nuts. You're probably going to start playing McCabe because that's what I did. I tried. Does like I love McCabe. Yeah. No. Dude, I tried playing any other queue. I tried playing Jet some more, and I always came back to McCabe. I was like, McCabe is just so fun. He's so fun. Stupid. <laughs> I love McCabe. McCabe too oh, is great, man. Yeah, I, love I love the love mix it. between them and and the the toolkit he has, and the flex that he can do, uh, which is why I like Perdita too. They, they can flex and they can change gears, yep. switch gears. Misaki is the same way. Misaki won. If you need to scheme, yep. you can scheme. You've got the speed, mobility, and 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 teleporting. Or if you need to kill, you've got the power. Um, it, yep. I like those those types of crews, and uh, McCabe is one of them I really enjoy playing. That's actually probably the main reason why we don't see emissaries as often as we used to back in the day. It was like two years ago, you would see an emissary pretty much every other game, if not every game. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's so much synergy within the keywords that it's really hard to put in the 10-point model. That's fair. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, look at McCabe. The only reason why I put a minion from outside sort of keyword in McCabe one is because dumb OP combos. That's it. I got it's like, oh, I'm gonna give this sword to this guy, and then I'm gonna destroy you for no reason. <laughs> I actually had Ruffian play with McCabe two finally, and it oh, actually worked. Boo. No, 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 it actually worked. Boo. I was surprised. You put that, uh, you know, they got swagger. <laughs> you give them the uh, the uh, upgrade that lets them, if they have focus and they cheat, they draw. So the little card engines. Put out the aura yeah. and hold people tight, and then you have a, uh, a, a monk of low river in the backfield that gains fast when they have an upgrade. Um, yep. uh, just healing them and keeping them up, and their little push vector models to drop markers and interact out of activation with McCabe, and uh, I-, I love them. Yep, I'm happy you got something out of yeah. them. Those low low river monks are OP. Oh no, 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 no. no. yeah, they are. No, they no, are. okay, okay, they are. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gasping at like you are super correct in that yes. assessment i was about to say it's like if you think that they're not strong as shit you are wrong oh no they're good. Oh, there's nothing worse than seeing a low river monk uh with yep. like seven chi at some point and right. they go to heal something that's down to one wound out of ten and they pop yep. them all the way back up to nine wounds yep yeah it's a lot and of faction you can choose if you want to put bodyguard on them or if you want to put ninja training that's also another option yeah. you can put on them. That's why I, I didn't feel bad when Old Major ate one of them, because I was like, yeah, <laughs> F that model. That means that he didn't have bodyguard. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. And he died. Yeah. Two pigs. No, that's the beauty of it. Like, there's... the When pigs, you look yeah. at right now at McCabe in either Explorers or the other one, and, and I know this is not Emissary, but it's so fucking sweet. McCabe has a choice between Low River Monks or The Botanist. And that's like the big choice it was like do i yeah. want the best scheme runner in the game or do i want the best you know like low points 
you know, I think support he, personally, I think he's I think he's better in Ten Thunders. I don't have any explorer experience to weigh that. Botanists on. are disgusting. I know they're disgusting, but I'm just saying so are Ten Thunders. But <laughs> fair. You don't even need botanists. They he has hucksters, which are on ninety percent of the boards are the best scheme runners in the game. Or Joragumos. Yep. Or Fair Samurai. Fair. Or any other good Ten oh, Thunder minion. You know what's brutal is the uh <laughs> Uh, what are the uh, uh, Qi and Gong um, beating minions with the yeah yeah distraction Kabuki. order? The Kabuki Warrior. Yeah, Kabuki. you get them with an upgrade and then keep hitting yeah, that gross. willpower duel with two damage, two injured. Oh, that's the disgusting that's combo. That was that's how you lose friends. Yeah, is right. Yeah, you friends. lose friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like McCabe one puts the he rights with me, and then now do the AOE, do the AOE, yeah. do the AOE. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, it's super it. gross. So, I do want to uh, I do want to give you the opportunity, Nick. You want to go ahead and share with us uh, the uh, podcast that you and a gang of uh, Houstonians and other Texans. Yeah, are doing? we're uh, we started a podcast. It's called Students of Conflict. Uh, usually, our ringleader is uh, uh, Doug Artio, that that is such an awesome person in the in the uh, community. Uh, it's actually Clay that drove us to, to finally do this. And Clay, if you've ever met him, and I know Pete, you have, he's an awesome hu- human yes, being. He is uh, one of yeah. a kind, oozes Malifaux community, at least stateside. You know, we've seen some assholes overseas. I, you hear me. You, you know, know who you are. are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he is just a, an amazing guy. He just, uh, and so he really got us all together and um, had this concept of let's, we have a, a monthly tournament here in Houston. And uh, let's talk to the top, you know, third players, one, two, and three. And um, each person gets to pick a game that they want to talk about. And we interview them separately, put out separate episodes that are shorter and uh, more concise. And do a quick recap of the game and ask some questions coming from multiple levels of uh, experience uh, in the Malifaux game. And so it really adds a nice little twist and some questions are asked that, uh, uh, you know, some of the, you know, 3D chess playing uh, uh, hosts that would never ask because, you know, they're something that they thought of when they first started, not when they're doing now trying to compete on an upper level. And so some yep. some questions yeah. are really a- answered that uh, help a lot of people out. So I'm, I'm very happy to be part of it, and uh, uh, I appreciate uh, what they're doing and, and uh, the effort that uh, Clay and, and Doug are putting into it, and I get to kind of be along for the ride and help out and, and, and do my part. Yeah, I think the big thing that I really enjoy from that is, one, you break up. You don't do the whole tournament because I think those episodes just suck. I've kind of gotten away from those because I just think they're not good. Um, I like what Dixon and I did last week where we just focused on kind of a few lists and somebody soloing. That was kind of an interesting thought experiment, right. not knowing the results and all the details. Because, like, but, I, I, the way I see it, battle reports, they have their place. But, like, I don't think it's podcasts. At least on my preference. Yeah, well, that's why I like what they're doing because they break it up where each episode is just one game and then you say, okay, what were you thinking when you looked at this pool? What were you thinking when they declared this master? How did the game kind of develop? Was there something crazy that happened? And then like Nick said, the big thing is the different tiers of player because the, the question that Clay asked is very different than what, you know, what uh, Nick's going to ask or what Brian on the podcast is going to ask. Yeah. 
or what Doug's going to ask. Doug always asks these random ass questions. He's like, oh, who knows where Doug's yeah. going with this, but it's oh, going I love somewhere. It. Yeah, we're at the edge of a seat every time Doug starts a, uh, starts a question. And uh, what's kind of cool, though, is our next episode that's coming out is uh, uh, the guy that won first place uh, soloed uh, Harold Toll. Uh, and so, nice. um, I mean, huh. it's a really interesting episode and uh, his thoughts on it. And then... Uh, uh, we got the LVO uh, first and, and, and third uh, place guys coming on for the next uh, recording, which is going to be great. And then uh, my co-hosts are up at uh, Captain Con, right? Hopefully they their flight got there in time, but they're up there in the uh, northeast getting ready for Captain Con. And then uh, uh, they'll have some op- opportunities to interview some of those players as well. Was that Ambrose yeah, so who solo tall ask uh, Foten? So Ambrose did solo tall at LVO, and we'll be able to discuss with him uh, for his. I think he, he got third place with that, maybe second. I'll right. have to double check because we're planning the recording now. Um, but even prior to that, at our local Houston tournament, a local guy uh, soloed Toll as well. And yeah, Ambrose is great. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I got a chance to spend some time with Ambrose up in the Northwest, and uh, hmm. uh, he's an amazing host and an amazing ambassador for the sport. Big on clocks and trying to get that going and. Uh, came up with the current system that Vassal's using quite a bit, and the uh, even our tournaments now are, are non-legally binding clocks. So yeah, and I I think the fact that the episodes are kind of usually around like 30, 37 minutes is really good, uh, and it it since you're doing mini episodes, it's kind of like pretty good at releasing at least close to weekly. Mm-hmm. It seems so that's good for people that like consuming the folk Absolutely. content. Yep, yep. So when you get tired of listening to our hour and a half, two hour episodes. You can just listen to the uh, students of conflict for thirty minutes and be like, "Man, I wish those Rachel Wire guys would really just shut their mouths." <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have like two or three segments that we can pull out and put on the on the YouTube channel. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But some people don't like the long format. I just like it better because it feels more like a conversation. And yeah. There's a lot of different ways that the and that's why I don't plan the episodes out as far as just like, "Hey, what are we talking about? We're doing this. Let's go." Yep. Um, that's why I like people that when you bring them onto the podcast, they can think on their feet and and just kind of naturally just have a conversation as opposed to a script. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, <laughs> a perfect segment. We're definitely doing that now. <laughs> I I was just about to say something. I saw that and I was just like, <sighs> Yeah. Photon. Say anything. I love you, man. Thank you. <laughs> that was that's the perfect thing. The perfect. That's definitely survivor. That, that story. is definitely being clipped. That one for sure is definitely <laughs> being clipped. Um, but Dixon, you got anything before we roll up on out of here? No, Nick. Uh, you guys keep rocking it. Love the episodes. Um, I need to get more games. Hopefully, I'm gonna start. I gotta start talking to Angel to see if we can get a game in, and I need to start getting games with the Spaniard people. Because Spain, see what they're doing. Yeah, because like in the mornings, uh, before I gotta start doing my thing, uh, I should be able to get a game in every now and then, and that's perfect time to play against you know people that play in Spain. You can figure out some of the international metas and what they're doing. Yeah, that was that was the the thing that I did. That's the reason why I, like I knew so many people is because I played people all over the world in Vassal. But like lately, it's been very very difficult. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See. See, 
Gotta gotta hit hit Nick up. Hit Nick up. Gotta bug Nick to get uh, games in and stuff. Yeah, and I get need to get destroyed. <laughs> no, Nick's Nick's a little rusty too, so you can take but advantage. But I haven't of him. played since the Houston GT several months ago. Uh, I was burnt oh, out, wow. and I'm finally back in f- some momentum. That's right. I'm I'm gonna tag yeah. that, and that's gonna be a word that we're gonna use often. Fomentum. Fomentum. Dude, this yeah, this game is it's like so intense that you burn out. I oh, told dear. I told Nick. I mean, I was I. T- I didn't take quite that long, but I mean, right. I had my I had some personal stuff going on, and I just was also like, all right, I just need to chill. Yep. So I mean, I do, I really didn't play a game of Malifo for probably about two and a half months. Right. So yeah, I de- I definitely think that's important, just because you can burn out on Malifo, so it's good to take just breaks periodically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you break you can burn out on every game, but Malifo sure. is such a like I said, it's such an intense mentally game because like how do you get a, a three-hour game on seven models right like no other game does that no other game does right that. you're exactly right and and see my my issue was i went from nova which was a four-day two two gt event so i played 10 games in a, in a span of uh, four days and then a month and a week later it was yeah. a, a two-day gt you, you were going and i put so much effort and i wound up doing very well on both of those and I was just like, ugh, I'm done. I, I've accomplished what I wanted to. I need to relax because my m- mind is fried. So I, de- I definitely feel that as well. So definitely, especially if you start getting on the down track where it's like you're not having fun with the games and, you know, maybe you're getting beat up a lot. It's like it's always good just to take a break. Just, you know, instead of playing, just go to the store, hang out with some friends and enjoy watching them beat up yeah. on each other. Yep. yep. And laugh when they're getting their face pushed into the <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. But... I think with that being said, we're going to wrap this thing up. So make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables. We will see you all next time. Take care, y'all.